Good afternoon. It's 2 p.m. Central Time, January the 26th, 26th, 2019. You are listening to the podcast, Altitude Adjustment, and I'm your host, Leon Davis. I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. Uh, I, I, first off, I want to mention, I think it was a couple of podcasts ago, and it might have been last podcast, but I did have a chance to um, run back and double check. But um, I had mentioned that I thought patrolling the border, and, and this was doing uh, talking about the um, issue of uh, immigration, but patrolling the border can be done by um, drone. And I had mentioned at the time that I had not heard about uh, drones being mentioned uh, as an option for patrolling the border. And since that podcast, I have uh, at least run across um, information that um, a couple of years ago or a year or so ago, um, Congress had passed legislation to fund or had passed funding for um, immigration and included in that was using drone technology uh, to help patrol the border. So, um, so I did want to just mention that, uh, that I, that because I hadn't heard from heard of it, but, uh, it appears that uh, they had considered that option and decided, um, to actually use it, but it doesn't seem to be implemented, or at least I haven't heard any, any information about it being implemented. Um, what I want to talk about today is wealth inequality, and wealth inequality in the United States is also known as the wealth gap. It is the unequal distribution of assets among residents of the United States. Now, wealth includes the value of your home, automobile, personal values, valuables, uh, businesses, uh, savings, and investments. Now, it's important to not confuse income inequality with wealth inequality. Uh, though income inequality has to be included in the discussion of wealth inequality. But I don't plan to touch much on uh, income inequality this afternoon, so I'm mostly going to stick to um, income, or I'm sorry, wealth inequality get all those things mixed up. Um, and that's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. So I want to thank you very much for taking the time to join me this afternoon. Um, so I, when I started the, the day putting forth the, uh, putting together my opening for this podcast, um, <clears throat> I looked out, I noticed outside it was, it was pretty cloudy, actually overcast, and there was no sun. Now the sun is at least coming out. But the temperature was 33 degrees. And so my science question for the day was, does ice, and that's, that's water that's frozen that doesn't contain any other chemicals, start to um, change back into a, a liquid Thirty-three degrees. Because thirty-three degrees outside, and we know that, or we at least accept that water freezes at thirty-two. So the assumption is, is that at thirty-three, water should start to melt. But I just put that, that question out there, and someone may have some information that they'd like to add to that, or there may be some conditions that affect that. 
Uh, but we're going to move on to wealth inequality. Now, I'm going to share with you a few wealth income, wealth facts about um, wealth in the United States. And I'm trying, I'm going to try not to lean too heavily on uh, data, facts and data um, as far as, as giving you facts, but at least sticking to a discussion that is factually based. Uh, so the median household, median household income in the U.S. in 2016 uh, was about $59,039. That's the median income. That's median being from lowest, the middle between the, the lowest and the highest, uh, not necessarily zero. Uh, total net worth of U.S. households and nonprofit organizations was 94 point seven trillion dollars in the first quarter of 2017 now if you divide that equally among 124 million u.s households that comes out to seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars of wealth per family of course we know that that's uh, not the case but if if all things were equal each house hold would have a value of $760,000. Now, according to Robert Reich, who uh, consulted on the economics in multiple administrations, I think through uh, the two Bush administrations, uh, Clinton and, um, and Barack Obama, according to Robert Reich, um, 95% of the economic gains since 2009 have gone to the top 1%. You might have heard a lot about that. There's been quite a bit of discussion in the news um, about that, but I just wanted to share that fact. And wealth is usually not used for daily expenditures or factored into household budgets, but combined with income, it comprises the family's total opportunity to secure a desired stature and standard of living or pass their class status along to one to their children. Moreover, wealth provides for both short and long term financial security. It bestows social prestige and contributes to political power and can be used to produce more wealth. Now, the wealthiest families may have low income, but the value of their assets earn enough money to support their lifestyle. Dividends from trusts or gains in the stock market do not fall under the definition of income, but are the primary money flows for the wealthy. And um, I particularly want to go back over that point that wealth created a generation ago for some families means that, or a couple of generations ago, means that there's a possibility that the future generations don't have to actually perform any work in order to maintain a high lifestyle to become part of um, what we have termed an elite group. Um, so, <clears throat> with that, with those facts, 
one of the questions that I have is, um, do we maintain a, um, uh, how, did I, how did I phrase that? Do we, do we maintain a permanent upper class? So keeping in mind, um, if I were to be extremely successful at something and I create generated quite a bit of wealth, then passing that wealth off to my offspring or family members and they pass it down and they pass it down and, and these family members, there's enough wealth there that that there's residual income generated from um, stock ownership or ownership in a company or something where they don't actually have to, to go out and produce and generate wealth. Wealth is continually generated by the original wealth. And so they pass that on to their children and they pass it on to their children. So how far down does that wealth trans transition uh, and maintain its status? So by, by the mechanism of transferring my wealth to my heirs or to my family, there, there can be created a permanent upper class. So if we've talked, there's been a lot of talk about um, the mobility of citizens in America to be able to move from um, from middle class to upper class, from non-working to working, and how they generate wealth and um, live better than their parents. Um, so. One of the questions uh, that, well, there are a couple of ways I think that we as a society have to look at uh, how we build our society. And one is what we, um, how legally we should approach um, wealth and how morally we should approach wealth. How do we make sure that we maintain <laughs> Come. Ah. All right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> my little lady likes to come and hang out with me from time to time, so she decided to today. Anyway, so so as I said, the uh, the question then becomes, um, what is our expectations of how our society treats its citizens? Um, now. When I talk about, so, so in the discussion of wealth, you will hear people talk about that the government should not be in the business of redistributing wealth. Well, government has been in the business of redistributing wealth since we became a society. So through tax laws, through, um, um, what we make illegal, what we make legal, um, we 
all of those laws affect how wealth is distribu distributed and how it's maintained. Um, so, so the argument of um, we don't want government redistributing wealth is a is a a bad argument because there is no way to not redistribute wealth or even to if laws protect wealth that is still um, the government redistributing wealth so we as a as a society have to determine how does government so the question really does it isn't to me isn't uh, should government or does government play a role in the redistribution of wealth it's how does government play a role in the redistribution of wealth? Uh, what kind of things do we protect? Uh, do we value um, work income over um, capital gains income? Um, and recently, um, Alexandria Cortez Ocasio, Ocasio Cortez, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talked about a 70% marginal tax rate. And so people get got up in arms because uh, what, what the first thing that they say to you is um, being taxed at 70%. So, so most people look at what they're making and uh, they say, you're going to take 70% of that and then I have to live off of that. But what she's talking about is at a certain point, at a certain point uh, in, the, in the process of, of income, what becomes excessive and what becomes necessary for survival or necessary to live or, or if you did not. So dividend income and um, income from capital gains is not necessarily something you worked for. It is something that you invested in and how much of that, how that investment should be taxed um, doesn't may not, it is going to have an impact on how you live, but is it because it's excessive or is it because uh, of being able to manage um, to, to avoid having a permanent upper class where people never um, the family or never exited the upper class. And we know how uh, wealth is spent here in the United States. It's used for political clout. It's used for um, business clout. It's used to um, arrest the opportunities of others while um, excelling my opportunity uh, to, to make more money. And the, the idea is how do we make that fair so that all people have an opportunity to move into a more comfortable financial position and, um, and be treated fairly. So we want to try to make the tax code and how we as a society look at wealth and wealth equality uh, and make sure that we're doing uh, what we can to even level the playing field and make sure that everyone has an opportunity to participate and everyone has an opportunity to to gain benefit from it. So it has to be 
looked at as society as a whole and not just as uh, an individual. Like, uh, I'm going to be taxed at 70% of my income. Well, the whole, your whole income is not taxed at 70%. Um, and so that's what has to, so that has to be recognized first so that um, we don't emotionally react to the concept of a 70% tax rate. And then uh, some people try to justify it by saying, uh, you know, we've done it before and it worked. And, and so what we know by that meaning that um, we can do this and not break the system as it stands and that it can be um, done fairly, or at least it can be done where the system functions. Um, I think we still need to define what is fair, how do we define, you know, what what is good income, what is bad income, um, just the idea that you make income does not necessarily mean that it's good or fair income. If you are a large business and you use unfair trade practices or unfair practices and uh, you're the owner of that business, you and unfair practices, you then have um, used your position to keep someone else from earn from their earning potential while uh, raising your earning potential. And now that you've made that income, you can pass it on uh, for, forever in, in thought and theory that you can continue to pass it on forever. So those people in your family after you continue to benefit from that. And um, it was not gained in a, an ethical manner. Uh, so, so that's one of the things that I think we have to be, have to consider when we're having the discussion about income inequality. And I think that that's important. Um, when I talk about businesses, one of the um, things that concerns me is uh, businesses are getting, so we we have this, and I don't want to get off into the educational system, um, but um, we're making the educational system a part of, or the, there are attempts to make the educational system a part of um, wealth and wealth accumulation. So they're saying um, we need um workers that have skill sets so they're starting or, or at least uh, some companies are working with k through 12 to try to teach skills now these are they're teaching business skills for a particular job uh, before children or even have any idea what they want to do in life so so it's almost like steering children into um, jobs before they had an opportunity to at least experience what uh, being a kid is, uh, being a child is. So I have some concerns about companies working with um, the educational system providing anything more than maybe just uh, resources for um, the educational system to better implement what they've deemed as important for children to know. And if we focus on uh, business aspects of, in the K through 12, then um, uh, 
they become um, schools for business. And so we have to, I think we have to look at, is that really what we want? Do we want uh, businesses determining curriculums at schools? Um, <clears throat> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I'm sure I got her name right. And I did talk about the 70% marginal tax rate. Now, uh, as I said, the government redistribution of wealth um, occurs in the tax code. It occurs in uh, laws. Um, so, um, so we have laws that govern insider trading. That is, if there was no law governing insider trading, then insider trading would be legal. People who had information to that would then gain a foot up on everyone, have an opportunity to make more money and avoid losing money at the expense of those people who did not have that information and cannot benefit from that um, and protect their wealth or, uh, or accumulate additional wealth. So the, the government plays a role in wealth redistribution. And it is important to understand that and not be afraid of that, but more determine what role government should do, should should have in the redistribution of wealth. Um, and, and so, uh, uh, you know, how do we start to have that discussion? Um, Another another aspect, and I had mentioned earlier about um, money influencing politics. So we have a, a, a system where one person, one vote, um, where money changes that equation. It changes uh, and gives some people greater influence over politics than uh, someone else. And where companies are allowed to and uh, are allowed to have lobbyists that uh, get an opportunity to uh, be heard where other citizens are not quite heard. Their voice isn't uh, quite as amplified as a lobbyist. Now, not all companies are family owned. Uh, some companies are um, corporations. Some corporations um, don't have a particular owner uh, per se, but are owned by a group. And there are a small number of people. When you think of how many people are on the planet and how many people control business, there are a small number of people that have an opportunity to influence uh, legislation that's going to benefit them at the, <clears throat> at the expense of um, other citizens who uh, don't have the influence that a company has. And so I, I think it's important that we examine how we handle business and businesses uh, influence in our politics uh, and in, in how uh, things operate within our society as a whole. Um, and I think you know, we've, we address that to some degree when we, contact companies and we protest and and we see some of that response uh coming back at us but my my 
concern is, is do, are they responsive enough uh, to uh, the, the, the average citizen and should they be more responsible? Um, some of the examples of uh, companies that eschew responsibility is the tech giants, especially uh, Facebook, which um, so the, the whole uh, difficulty that they've experienced through 2018 um, all hurt or in some way um, the brunt of the problem was felt by the community while Facebook enriched itself. And, and I'm not, that they're just an example and I don't wanna make them the, the poster child for that, but they are an example of how a company, um, a few people benefit, whereas Facebook is a corporation. Yet, when the corporation was created, um, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, the other, um, and her name slips me right now, but um, because they were majority, sh the way the stock was um, set up, their main beneficiaries, they have control over most of the decisions. So they decide and define a public company um, and they determine what its response is to everyday life, to um, any legal challenges. Um, it, it comes down to the hands of a few who um, have control over the levers of the company and, and how it interacts with the public. And I, and I think that that's um, important. Um, one of the concerns about having a permanent upper class is if a if we have a permanent upper class and there are people who are who who never have to work, who never um, know paycheck to paycheck, never know having their electricity disconnected or having their uh, gas disconnected or um, being one flat tire away from um, having your car taken from you or ever having to make a payday loan. Um, if, if there are people who've never worked like that, who've never experienced that, they're going to have a probably a difficult time relating to that. So their expectations and how they define and, and carry out business is going to reflect that. And one of the examples that I have of that is um, the gentleman that owned a payday loan and was, um, I, I just watched on Netflix, um, they have a, a, a special called Dirty Money, and, and I encourage you to watch it. It's just a, another source of information. And um, the gentleman owned a payday loan uh, company, and in the course of opening, having a payday loan company, there were laws against payday loans in a couple of states. And so he couldn't operate within that state. Um, they got around it um, by a, an interesting um, 
set of maneuvers. And I, I'm going to leave you to do a little research on that. Some people may know about it. Some people may not. But they know they've done a uh, set of unique renew, uh, maneuvers in order to get around that and still do business. And there, his argument was uh, he was a businessman doing business and he should have been allowed to continue to do that because all he was doing was um, pursuing the American dream of um, carving out for himself his, his place in society. And I think it's important to understand um, that making money um, and doing it in a an ethical way has to be just as important as carving out um, a place for yourself in society uh, doing what you do. Um, I'm going to close on this statement. And we are a self-governing society. That's the beauty of um, democracy, our, our constitutional republic. So we determine how society works and who it works for. Now, one of the major questions I believe we need to answer is, is there an argument for a permanent upper class? There are many examples throughout history that we can examine to make this determination. Uh, there is data that says only 30% of registered voters participated or participate in the voting process on a regular basis. It is estimated that about 24,000 or 51 million eligible voters are not registered to vote here in the United States. Now, while the voting process may not be a first choice for making change in our society, it should most definitely be a choice. There are many societal questions that we need to answer, and everyone's participation is absolutely important to building a better community that serves everyone. So I encourage you to get out and participate. Um, my attempt at putting this podcast together is just an opportunity to try to bring uh, some information to light to at least begin to ask those questions that I think we need to examine to uh, try to build a better society. And I hope that um, I am accomplishing that and your help is always appreciated so this podcast is streamed live each week on youtube uh, so you are encouraged to participate by questions and including your thoughts to participate contact altitude adjustment by connecting via skype at the lion's gmail.com or on google at the lion's gmail.com please feel free to contact me on instagram pinterest facebook and on YouTube. Be sure to look out for, uh, be sure that you're looking out or looking for this episode and other episodes uh, where you listen to podcasts. Your likes and shares are internet gold, so like and share this podcast where you find it. Be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.